I don't just want to do research because I want to do research. That's I want to see. Yeah, I, want to, yeah. I want to conduct research and see uh, the impact yeah. that it has on people, mm. that it has within the society, and to be able to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. You understand. So, so those are some of the things that pushes me and drives me to continue to. And you know, I I love using social behavioral change communication to to talk about uh, healthy eating. Mm. I mean, talking about nutrition yeah. to people advice i counsel uh not only patients even family counseling mm-hmm. I, I create menu plan for families i do a lot of things and in the process it's still conducting research because yeah. you're meeting people you're discussing with them you're collecting data from them you're analyzing it you're turning it into information so that at the end of the day when you disseminate it should create the kind of positive change that we are looking for in the diverse sectors where we okay Hello, everybody, and welcome to another session of Academic Research Logs. Today, I've got um, a very good friend of mine with me, and I'm privileged to call her a friend. Um, Her name is Dolapo, and we go such a long way, but I'm going to let her introduce herself to us, her area of expertise, and what she's been up to lately. So, Dolapo, you can take the floor, if you don't mind, and tell us your area, (laughs) if if you can please okay uh thank you to me uh for having me on your channel it is a pleasure an absolute yeah. pleasure. <laughs> so, so when you sent me the invite i was like yes. wow 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 okay so well yes yeah, so we're here and um i'm, I'm dollar and um I've, I've i've worn many hats like in the last uh in the last two decades, I would say. Yes. So doing a lot of work, doing a lot of research. I started out doing, yeah, out everything, academic research. But I've also now gone into doing a lot of work in government and uh, really trying to implement research in different environments across different economic sectors. So I would say, yeah, my background is in biochemistry. I studied biochemistry for my first degree. And uh, I remember the... It was after my first research that I decided I was not going to do bench work again. <laughs> you moved over to the side. Did you? She was a dark I was like, no. I was like, there, there should be other alternatives to get research done and mm. to be able to make sense of what academic research is. Yeah. So, but just to give you a little bit of background, mm. My first academic research was in looking at um, uh, food constituents. So I was looking, uh, reviewing a particular antioxidant in food substances, and that is beta carotene, which you would normally find in uh, foods that contain vitamin A Mm. and, and, and the like. So I was looking at, okay, because I was really interested in food uh, for a very long time. I would watch culinary shows. I wanted to just understand what was going on behind everything that we ate Mm. and how uh, it helped either to increase our lifespan, to help with long, I mean, to to improve longevity or to also help to uh, prevent diseases. So because again, we're talking about preventive medicine. Mm. So, and that, that was one of the things that pushed me into doing my first uh, my first uh, research. So I was looking at the effect of beta carotene uh, on 
I mean, the effects of cooking, so different methods of cooking. Yeah. So whether you microwaved your food or you, you boiled it mm -hmm. or you hate it, you, you hate it raw wow, or okay. whichever way you, you know, prepared your dish, mm -hmm. whether we're able to get all the constituents or all the nutritional ingredients in a particular kind of food. So that was what I was looking out for because I remember growing up, and some people would say, oh, don't use uh, cold water to wash your spinach. That's don't use correct. hot water to wash your, I mean, don't use uh, hot water to wash your spinach. Mm -hmm. If not, you're, you're cleaning out all the essential ingredients, minerals, vitamins that you should enjoy and that should nourish your body. Mm -hmm. So I was really inquisitive at that point in time. I was really curious to understand what was happening. So I was able to, you know, uh, make some conclusion, but there were there was some part of the research that was also inconclusive. The fact that uh, the environment in which the research was done mm -hmm. uh, was was really appalling. But I, mm -hmm. I, I, to the best of my ability, I did mm -hmm. what I could do. Okay. Uh, like some of the. Uh, uh, when is the reagent you needed in the laboratory? Sometimes were not available. I had to take money out of my pocket to go and you know buy them. And even some are uh, scientific equipment that you needed to dry foods in the laboratory. That you needed to do essential things like like basic things were not really available. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, I told myself I don't think I want to spend my time in the laboratory. And then. At that point as well, I'd, I'd gone through uh, industrial training where mm -hmm. I was able to play around with a lot of equipment like the atomic absorption spectrophotometer. I was able to also use some um, essential equipment like the high performance liquid chromatography. Uh, um, what do you call it? And um, uh, I, I, I liquid performance chromatography e equipment okay. in the laboratory, yeah. uh, where where we check you use uh, use it to to look out for uh, essential vitamins and minerals mm. in different foods. So because I worked in um, a food and I mean food agency okay. where we would uh, look out for trace metals mm. in food substances, okay. wow. like labeled labeled packaged food food mm -hmm. foods that i mean were being sold on on market shelves and uh, i remember at the time when i when i worked with this uh, food agency uh, there was there was a particular uh, issue that happened at some point where some people uh, were on a fast and they they had a particular meal your yam flour okay. was turned into Amala, our regular, regular yeah, Yoruba yeah. and Nigerian uh, semi-solid food. Mm -hmm. And after eating, uh, the mother of the family died. I think two or three of the children died. And then uh, they brought samples of the, uh, their vomits, samples of the yam flour, samples of uh, the 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 semi-solid uh, prepared dish itself mm. to, to the laboratory to the research laboratory for us yeah. to 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 review it to test it to look for uh, what substances caused this with these people that eventually mm. died mm. and we discovered that there there was excess of pesticide residues from the farm oh, no. so that that actually led to my journey mm. I mean on you know brainstorming and thinking around so what happens to what we eat from the time a farmer plants the seed into the soil mm -hmm. to the time you know they till the land they mm -hmm. do i mean all the processes involved with producing food on the farm to the point where 
you know all the aggregators come to aggregate it from the from the uh from the farm gate and yeah. to the market and then onto the i mean when the consumers would go on to purchase and then it lands on your plate mm. so i was really on this i mean I, I was really interested in understanding the processes that that i mean that, mm. go, that all the processes going on in that value chain and that was one of the things that actually pushed me mm. to doing my first research but having i mean done the first research and i saw the outcome we graduated but i really wanted my was testy i was really i really wanted to know more and i felt i think i needed to do a master's program and that was what led me to do my first master's program in in university of sheffield in england but it was a different ball game you know you had you know sophisticated equipment the laboratory was well equipped mm. there was funding from the government there was funding from the private sector there were funding there was funding from from charity sector from even individuals yeah. to ensure that everything that you needed for a laboratory to fully function uh or to be fully operationalized was made available so that 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 changed the narrative for me i was like wow <laughs> interesting everything so, but again because of <laughs> because of the first experience i had mm -hmm. yes i didn't still want to choose a topic a research topic that would make me to do a lot of work in the laboratory yes. i wanted something that would take me outside the laboratory that would make me to really engage in other methods of uh, conducting research mm -hmm. and that was when i started understanding qualitative method methodology yes. of academic research because what i did before yes it included bench work it was mm -hmm. i mean it was really more quantitative yes. rather than qualitative mm. so with my my master's program i i was looking at the so it was a double blinded uh uh controlled randomized trial uh -huh. where we were yeah. looking at mm. uh the effect of uh vitamin d deficiency in irritable mm -hmm. bowel syndrome patients okay. uh, at the university of sheffield teaching hospital yes. so i mean the, the research was quite rich and robust it was really interesting i really understood a lot of things happening with you know some vitamins some uh minerals so we had so my my job on on the research uh work was to meet with uh some volunteer participants okay. who had irritable bowel syndrome patient i mean who had irritable bowel um, syndrome mm -hmm. and uh, i would engage them uh give them a um, food diary for them to fill in the period of uh a week okay. and i also uh gave them food frequency questionnaire for them to fill out what they typically ate in the period of a year mm -hmm. so I took the food frequency questionnaires and the food diaries and I started analyzing what foods they were eating and how it affected uh, the symptoms, whether it, ex I mean, it, it, it then amplified uh, the symptoms they had mm -hmm. uh, or whether it lessened the pain that that they were going through with with their I mean peculiar uh situation mm -hmm. so and I was able to you know really learn a lot because we had a group that we were administering vitamin D because you know normally in the UK uh access to the sunlight mm -hmm. uh it's it's not as as you have it in the tropics yeah. so that was one of the hypotheses to say that maybe because this uh particular patients did not have access to 
um, more sunlight throughout mm -hmm. the year. Yeah. Maybe that was the reason why, uh, I mean, the, there was an amplification of the symptoms that they, they, they had because some of them, I mean, came down with a lot of stooling. Some of them came down with a lot of pain and they always had to be on pain relief tablet because of, you know, so, and those were things that were, so we, 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 uh, we administered on another group probiotics and vitamin D on another group, just uh, placebo and a third group, we just gave them only vitamin D and looking at all the differences, I mean, the, the outcome of the research, reviewing the three groups, I was able to see that for the groups that had uh, the vitamin D and the and the, uh, the the vitamin D supplement and the probiotic administered to them, they had there was the the symptoms was quite improved. Wow. Their well being in terms of it was there was there was a little bit of I mean there was a major difference. Mm -hmm. There was a major difference compared to those who only had uh, the vitamin D deficiency. But overall, people who had the vitamin D supplements had some form of um what do you call it they, they had some of some some form of uh, less pain okay. and some form of uh sim the, their symptoms being reduced mm. in, in the process of taking those supplements so okay. and you know seeing you know going through that research and administering all i mean all the intervention mm -hmm. and looking at the outcome i was really pleased i was like wow mm -hmm. so you can use this to to test some other things and that was just the quantitative yeah. aspect of the research mm -hmm. we then went further to start looking at the qualitative aspect of the research yeah. by bringing the participants together in the focus group discussion mm -hmm. to get them to say more and where it, so it was more like using ethnographic uh, research met methodology mm. to understand what uh, what this irritable bowel syndrome patients really I mean encountered in the process of going through uh, the symptoms and every other thing that you know was peculiar to the disease, and we learned more doing the focus conducting the focus uh, group discussion and um, also engaging them in key informant interviews for those who they are they, 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 i mean they, maybe the disease had escalated to another level or for so looking at whether it was mild it was intermediate or it was advanced you understand yeah. so we were able to review uh the outcomes in, in in that regard and i think it was it was it was really a a stepping stone for me to really start owning my space in conducting academic research. So that gave me a different experience altogether compared to my previous experience doing uh, my first uh, research. Mm -hmm. So I, I did, I did uh, my master's program in human nutrition and then specialized in public health nutrition. And by the time I was going back to Nigeria to, 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 to work, mm -hmm. I then decided since I'd made up my mind that I was not going to do bench work again, yeah. I wanted to go to the field, interact more with people. I wanted yeah. to see people. I didn't, um, you know, I don't know. For me, and El, we are all different as researchers. Absolutely. I'm not that kind of person <laughs> who is used to uh, routinous, uh, I mean, uh, 
a, a monotonous way of doing research, just being in the lab, mixing reagents and slapping this together yeah, and injecting some, injecting some rat and some rabbit and testing all of that. Yes, it is quite interesting for those that want for to do that it. Want to do for, it. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I found using qualitative uh, methodology yeah. in research quite interesting because you can feel the pain yeah. when people discuss with you. That's you true. are interviewing somebody you it's like you're wearing you're putting you're putting yourself in their shoes by actively, actively listening to to them mm. i mean in, interviewing them asking them questions yes. it may not even be about a disease or something it may be mm. about something else but for me i felt like interacting people was more uh important to me in, mm. in in terms of engaging uh in in academic research and that was the reason why i then you know went that route so the first organization i worked with one of the things that we did major thing we did was to promote vitamin a supplementation for okay. children zero to 59 months because mm. uh vitamin a is a very very uh vitamin a supplement is very very important mm -hmm. uh for for growth for uh for for good sites for a lot of other things that you find uh, in research that mm. you know has, has been attached as importance to why we should take vitamin A. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, I would normally travel travel to different states, different primary healthcare centers, mm. ensure that these interventions you know reached the unreached, like in rural, remote yeah. communities that you wouldn't even have imagined. Those were places that the organization i mean usually send us to 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 work and we we found a lot of important um uh what i should i say important no important we found a lot of uh uh positive outcomes okay with with the intervention that was being administered to these children and also to women so you say a woman should go for antenatal care services what's you, do you avail them with when they go for the antenatal care services mm. for 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 an adequate child uh fetus growth you have to ensure they have access to iron tablet mm. they have access to they have access to uh uh folic acid those that's like the the basic um so having worked with i mean a couple of other international ngos where we administer different interventions, diverse interventions, you would see that uh, the way you do research in a laboratory is different from how you, yeah. you get it done on the field. Because you're meeting real people with real problems, mm. you're able to ask them questions, you're able to really analyze their narrative mm. and be able to draw conclusions from, from analyzing uh, feedback from whatever interview you engage them on and all of that. And for me, I feel that is really important in, in conducting research. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to marry the two, okay. you know, uh, merging quantitative and qualitative methods of research to come up with different outcomes that we then use to influence uh, policy reforms, mm -hmm. to influence uh, best practices. So